0: And welcome to episode two of Here to Queer. I am so excited to be talking with my friend Nia Baker today, uh, who's a therapist, a trauma therapist in the Atlanta area. And Nia, I believe that you're here, that you're in, that we figured out all the technology. And I would love to hear you introduce yourself, your name, your pronouns, where you live, and a little something you're passionate about.
1: Okay. Hey, is this okay. working? Hi. Yes. Hi. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is crazy. Um, hi. It's so good to hear your voice and chat with you. Um. uh my name's Mia Baker, and I live in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Um, I've been here since about 2005, I guess. Um, and I'm married. I live with my wife Sarah. We have way too many animals, but not enough animals. <laughs> I'll definitely talk about them because they're probably my favorite thing besides my oh, wife.
0: Oh.
1: Um, and so yes, I have pine with me right now oh. sitting next to me. I haven't trained her to, to speak on command. So she's just wagging her little, she's a little
0: Hello, right pine. Now. Oh my yes, goodness. Says,
1: Hi, Hi. <laughs> Um, and, um, yeah, I am, a. I'm a mental health therapist. I specialize in trauma. Um, I'm interested in how the body holds pain and memories um, and ways that we can uh, talk about that as well as um, uh, something I've become more increasingly interested in and curious about is ways that we can express that through art, through movement. Um, I am not a great dancer even though I like to think so. Um, Maybe through dance, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that's that's me.
0: Amazing. Um, okay, wow. I, I already have so many questions. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Um, I'm curious to hear. Okay, so first of all, real quick, how do you identify? Like, oh, yeah, I'm
1: sorry. Queer, um, lesbian. Yes. So I have since I started this whole journey. I've always identified as queer. Uh, and I, I remember some interesting conversations when I first started exploring this and just being like, can I use that? Am I allowed to use that? Um, but that's, that's, that's how I identify. Um, I also identify as lesbian. Um, I'm in a lesbian relationship with my wife and, um, uh, my pronouns, uh, that I use are she and her.
0: Awesome. Okay. And you got married in the pandemic, didn't you?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, we got married twice.
0: Whoa, you're extra married. <laughs> extra
1: married. Yes, we were supposed to get married uh, in April of 2020. Um, mm. And so we had the day that everything shut down um, was a, one of our last. We had like a shower at like a, a nearby um, hiking trail and park. And half of the people didn't come because we were like, should we be worried? I don't know. Oh my god. Um, yeah. And so then after that, we, uh, we postponed the wedding. We ended up getting married, um, in the middle of May and we got married, um, in the middle of the city in Atlanta, just in this, uh, this park, this forest. And there were about 10 friends there. Um, uh, we like dressed up. Um, my wife's best friend played the cello.
0: Oh my god. <laughs>
1: So it was beautiful and we like we, we planned all that in like 2 weeks so wow for anyone who's thinking about getting married and in the planning stages i highly highly recommend <laughs> small intimate it was it was so so fun um and then we did have another we did have we'd already paid for like the venue and all that kind of stuff that we had to postpone so we had another celebration this last april i think that's right Um, and time is not real anymore. No,
0: Um, yeah,
1: it's very confusing, but, um, I really consider that more a celebration of surviving.
0: Mm, (laughs) Um, mm, Cute, cute, cute. Yeah. Uh, well, that's really beautiful. I, okay. So I'm curious to hear a little bit about how being queer and lesbian has influenced your work. Like how that's affected your work as a, as a therapist and what are some ways you've seen it to be a gift in the work you do?
1: Yeah. Um, I really do consider it um, a a gift, something that uh, I'm grateful for, especially I work with a lot of people who sit at a lot of different intersections um, of experience and often experiences that uh, they find really hard to describe, or uh, maybe they're worried that in describing that experience, they'll be judged or shamed or seen as weird. Uh, And so on one level, I will say that um, my own personal experience has definitely given me a lot of empathy. Um, It's not the only thing that's given me empathy. There are other parts of my life where I've experienced um, feeling uh, either uncomfortable or just afraid uh, Mm. or ashamed. Uh, But, I think this particularly, there's something about it that is both an opportunity for empathy and an op- opportunity for creativity and hope. Um, there mm-hmm. is a way that uh, it l- gives me a lens that even the things, maybe the parts of ourselves that we're worried about sharing or maybe we don't understand how they will play out uh, can be incredibly beautiful and life-giving um, and I think it's a kind of a cool thing just in in the world, especially the world now, as we continue to learn to adapt and, and grow, um, wow, what an amazing thing to, to practice that openness myself in Mm. so that I can encourage my clients to do it as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, I'm curious about how you kind of talked about your love for art and how you're beginning Mm. to incorporate that in your practice as well. And like the possibilities that it presents, I'm Mm -hmm. curious to hear, one, like what your life as an artist looks like, what kinds of things you like to create, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: then definitely more about how you incorporate it into your your
1: work. Yeah. Uh, So I've always drawn and painted and and that sort of thing. Um, It's so funny because I think I used to – and I mean, I still do. I've I'm an anxious person. Uh, so, same. You know, yes, yeah, so it's like worried about criticism. What will people say? What will people think? And it's interesting with art because the whole point, right, is just to make it, mm. and you're not supposed to worry about the critic. And at the same time, um, the art that I actually find the most life giving, um, and it's something that I've gotten to do um, a little bit with clients. Um, I've done it a few times uh, in different community groups, um, even faith community groups. And it's, um, abstract. It really is, um, and it's funny. I remember watching a video about this or, you know, on on some sort of movie growing up, you know, people just like throwing paint at a canvas. And I was like, that looks so awesome.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh gosh. I would love to do that. Looks so fun. Well, I decided (laughs) I had been, I was in a really low period of my life, um, a few years ago. And I was like, what if I just smeared paint around for a while? Um and it was beautiful. <laughs> it was absolutely mm. so much fun and it was beautiful. Um and so uh I've now found that it is really cathartic to be able to go in and just trust the process of creating without mm. any sort of expectation. Um and there've been times where I've painted um that afterwards I'm sore because it's wow. <laughs> kind of a funny thing because I'm like throwing the paint, kind of like using different types of um, like forks or um, so- anything that you can kind of smear. I, w- I painted with uh, plants at one point. I was just like dipping them in and just kind of around, just, like, being like a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, there's something about it, I think, that kind of allows a release of emotions, maybe that I don't know how to express any other way. Uh, So I am hoping to start using that more. Um, I uh, just bought some space for um, my private practice to be more permanent. And so I'm hoping to actually have a little more space for the artistic side of uh, my work.
0: That's beautiful. I love that question, too, of like, what if I just started smearing paint around?
1: Um, (laughs) Whenever we're going
0: through something like instead of being like, what if I start experimenting with drugs or... (laughs) You know, what if I just send this ex a uh, little bit mm-hmm. of a, a you know a little late night text? Just being like, yep. what if I go smear paint around instead? I yeah. don't know. Um, yeah,
1: well, and Julie, it's so funny. Um, the, one of the types of therapies that I specialize in uh, is called dialectical behavioral therapy, and um, the there's a whole they they do all these different skills that you can learn and practice. And I it actually was one of the One of the things that has brought me a lot of stability over the last number of years, especially I came out in 2015, left my church community, um, was trying to figure out kind of where I fit, um, relationships, all that kind of stuff. And during that time, it's like, okay, it's really nice to have some different ways to help me emotionally regulate, Mm -hmm. breathe, all of that. But (laughs) I'm coming back to one of the skills that we actually talk about is called alternate rebellion. Mm. And the skill actually is rather than doing that thing that I could do, that would probably be really destructive. What if I just did something really ridiculous just because I want to. Um, and I, that's one of my favorite skills to practice with. Wow.
0: <laughs> I love that. And what's an example of like an alternate rebellion.
1: Um, So I, I had a, I had a client at one point who um, they, uh, they were, I mean, struggling with urges related to, it's actually, um, I think, a combination of, like, drug use. Um, I work with a lot of clients, whether it's drug use, um, suicidal ideation, self-harm, um, as well as, mm-hmm. you know, the other life-destructive behaviors, like mm-hmm. texting exes in the middle of the night when you're like, I really should end that relationship and keep it. It needs, it needs to stay over. Um, but um, this client was struggling with a few of those things, and they texted me a picture, and in it, they were completely covered with glitter, <laughs> they just, it exploded glitter all over themselves and, like, didn't care about the mess. It was like, it doesn't matter. It
0: doesn't that's happen. amazing.
1: Um, I've had people intentionally, you know, like, dress up and just, like, go out in public. <laughs> and, <laughs> just, to see, just to see what happens, right? So much of it, I think, is to say, how do I kind of provoke some emotion? Wow. Myself and some, the people around me. Wow. Um, in a way that's unexpected.
0: Yeah, that's really... That sounds really cathartic mm-hmm. and you're right. We're looking for some sort of like disruption in our yeah. boredom or our sadness and that like alternate rebellion can kind of pull us out of whatever space we're in and open up something like who knows okay, what, yeah. but, exactly. <laughs> um, I love that. That's really cool. Um, Tell us a little bit about Pine, the therapy dog. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear about Pine. That little uh, cutie.
1: I know. She is a cutie. Pine's an Australian shepherd. Uh, uh, I, um, Pine and I met. Oh, my gosh. Wait, which one was that? I heard it. I heard it. Oh, meet- you
0: heard Toby, the little orange oh, boy. Hi, Toby. He's going to insert himself in many conversations here.
1: I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, love that. I, was, I, I uh, peeked to see if Pine responded. Pine loves cats. Um, oh. they don't as often love her. Um, but she, she will like lay down in front of a cat and just kind oh. of wait, hoping that it will attend to her. And it's pretty funny to watch. Um, but she, yeah, she's a, she's a trained therapy dog. Um, I started training her when she was uh, about 10 weeks old. Um, and she's worked with me in a couple different residential spaces. Um, she's just been, you know, dog on campus and um, mm. she loves getting her belly rubbed so she will walk up to you and then as soon as you like make any sort of eye contact with her she will fall over on her back oh. so that you will rub her belly
0: oh <sighs> and is she like automatically in all sessions with you or is it something that like people can check a box when they're filling out yeah the intake forms
1: that's such a good question uh i i love having her with me and so most often she is in the therapy sessions. Oh. Uh, some people will definitely uh, request her. I have a picture of her on my website with me. And so they'll be like, Oh yeah, I like saw the picture of Pine, and so I decided oh. to see you. Which I always think is funny. I always tell I'm like Pine's the real therapist. I'm just here. I'm giving I'm just here for the treats.
0: Yeah, it's good to know your place. I exactly. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. You mentioned coming out in twenty fifteen and yeah. leaving your faith community. That's uh, probably a big tender story, but I'm curious mm-hmm. to hear, you know, where that journey led you and what it's looked like, both healing from that and also if you found your way to different kinds of spirituality, if you're mm-hmm. just on a little hiatus or what, what that's looking like for you.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I was a part of a, an Anglican community in 2015 um, and, and realized as much as I loved the people there and, and honestly like loved participating in the, the worship, the, 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 whole thing. Um, I had a lot of close friends there. I, I wanted to feel like I could go to, um, a faith space and it not be a question that I had to think about, um, related to, you know, my sexuality and, mm-hmm. and who I was dating. Um, and so I, um, I went to a, a few different Christian denominations and, um, and now, Uh, A part of a, I am a part of a faith community that's. um, I don't know. They technically are part of um, a specific denomination, and at the same time, um, they're kind of like the outskirts. We do. We get to like be a little bit more flexible, I think, Um, and then they're fully affirming and supportive. Uh, But I think also as a part of this experience, I've gotten to, I've gotten to be a lot more curious about what i believe um what i believe if we're talking about like a christian text or another text um it's saying what what i really think love looks like and if we're if we know there to be um, something outside of ourselves that both loves us and guides us um what does that what does that mean for us as well as how to interact with that um with mm-hmm. that, I don't even know if I can call it a person, but an, um, a being, um, and I've been really grateful for that journey. I, uh, mm-hmm. as a part of this, I did, um, related and unrelated. I decided to go back to school, because um, for me, books have always been the way that I, I just I like soak in them. I love them so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to tell myself sometimes, like, slow down. Um, Sometimes it's just holding them. It's not even necessarily reading. (laughs) Uh, Yes, (laughs) caressing Uh, them, if you will. Yes, right. Just absorb the knowledge. Um, But I think it's because I want to hear people's stories. I really enjoy connecting, and so I went back to school to connect. And I'm I'm doing a master's in theology right now. Mm. Um, And so it's been really exciting to to learn more about how others have experienced um, God or love. I'm taking a, a class on um, Buddhism this spring, which um, I found really inspiring. And uh, I just, yeah, I get excited. I get excited about talking about this because I think the language that we use matters. Hmm. And at the same time, it's so much fun to be curious about the language and why we're using the language that we're using and how we might be experiencing something different and the same. And, so I, I love talking to people um, about, yeah, what is what is who is God, and really though, what is what is the connection that we have to all things, mm. um, including the people around us, and how are we noticing being connected to them? Mm.
0: I love how you talk about sort of the beginning point of your. Your process away from the Anglican Church you were in, and beginning to to read some of the texts and to to think through your faith and say like, what does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. And we were so we were warned against doing that for so long. Yeah, and I can see why now because they would be like, okay, when the Bible says love your neighbor, what this means right now toward <laughs> you is that I invite you to leave our congregation and ask you not to come back until you have suppressed everything about who you are and are going Mm -hmm. to claim the identity we give you. And so Mm -hmm. that's really warped. And when you stop and just sort of like look inside yourself and look at the world around you and you say, what does love mean? Mm -hmm. What does it look like to love? It becomes really clear. It's just like, actually like be kind to this neighbor, like Mm -hmm. be compassionate, uh, be gentle. Yes. And that is very different than... Uh, sort of yeah what, what we were told and it also is is just so beautiful to be able to step back and and get a little grounded in who you are and in the the world you find yourself in the neighborhood you find yourself in and to say mm-hmm. like what does it mean and what are the possibilities if it's truly love that holds us all together like that holds all things together like if mm-hmm. if the the force behind and between and underneath and above and around all of us is is truly love like what's Mm -hmm. possible for us and that's really beautiful i love that i'm also really impressed that you're getting a degree a graduate degree in theology right now while you're a full-time practicing therapist that's a lot
1: (laughs) it is a lot (laughs) it is a lot and it's so funny um i in some ways, it's not different than the way I've lived the last number of years. But it is something that especially I have asked more questions this time around and been like, OK, what what might it look like in through this learning process to even see some of the questions that I have and the needs that I have and practice a little bit of slowness? Um, mm. So. Um, I'll graduate in May, and my plan is to just kind of slow down a little bit, especially after the last couple of years. Um, but my wife actually also just started a master's in social work this last fall. So I'll just, you know, hang out with her and, and kind of <laughs> absorb school through her so I don't have to go back. <laughs> nice. Yeah,
0: now you'll get to watch the TV shows while she studies. So <laughs>
1: Exactly. <laughs> what are some
0: ways, I'm curious, you, you mentioned you're taking class on Buddhism this semester. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you feel like, what you're learning there is sort of I don't know how is that like adding more to your life and your days and also what does it look like to integrate that into some of the Christian background you have
1: yeah I think that's honestly the question that I'm sitting with now I the class just started last week and uh I know that a lot of what the focus is 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 on hey we have there are all these things happening in the world right now um, in and ways that and not suffering has always we've there's always been suffering and right now there are so many different places that um people are experiencing pain and loneliness um and so the the course talks about what does it look like to awaken um and notice um what is besides the suffering um i I feel very hopeful i'm excited to be in the class um to i don't know to get to learn some of that um Mm. I've I, I in in uh, the introduction of the class, you know, we got to share a little bit about our experience with Buddhism so far, and um, I have some awareness of um, elements um, of of that faith, but um, I've never I've never really sat down and learned and, and really talked to others about what that could look like in my life, um, and so I'm I'm excited to do that.
0: That is exciting. That's very exciting. Speaking of suffering. (laughs) um, Speaking of suffering. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, I'm, I mean, we're obviously two years into a pandemic that uh, clearly we're all losing our minds. Yes. (laughs) And I'm, I'm curious, like, as a, like, what have you observed as a therapist over this last few years and, do you have any wisdom or insight for the whole entire population of us that are struggling with mental health oh, issues in this time?
1: Uh, um, I was talking to, I mean, I think I've had this conversation a number of times with other therapists about how this has been, at least for me, the first time as a therapist where I've been in the middle of chaos um, while supporting others, while the whole, I mean, it's like the world itself. There's, we're all interconnected in, in this question related to staying healthy and, um, and never, I've never experienced, um, I think this level of anxiety as it pertains to all the other things that were already hard and then adding this new element of, huh, can we leave our house? <laughs> mm-hmm. can, can I see my loved one mm-hmm. and risk, them contracting something that I didn't even realize maybe I had. Um, It's just so much unknown. And I really think that's it, is sitting with the unknown um, is, I mean, as a human, I think it's one of the most terrifying things because we don't know what will happen next. Um, And so we're just constantly in transition. And so one of the things that I've tried to practice this year um, and encourage some of my clients Uh, is to find the ways where you do feel any sense of like solid ground. Um, And actually my therapist, which I highly recommend that all therapists see therapists. um, So my therapist and I've talked about what does it look like to just go outside and like sit on the ground (laughs) and feel Mm. the soil? Um, I actually, gardening has been probably the biggest help for me this year because it's felt like something that was, manageable, <laughs> yeah. something that was so like tactile and textured, um, wow. that I felt much more in my body, I think, than, um, than I would have otherwise. And so I think that that's a huge part of it. And maybe why I'm more interested in some of these, um, uh, we would call them like either somatic or like body centered practices is because right now I think all of our brains are constantly just trying to anticipate, um, danger or threat or what might happen next, and we can't keep up. Mm. Uh, And so just to be able to settle back into our bodies and um, feel what is, I think Mm. can be really stabilizing.
0: I love that. I've been thinking a lot about embodiment, Mm -hmm. both partly, I think, because we're in a pandemic. And like you were saying, um, I also think about a lot like recovering from, so much of the trauma of growing up queer in religious communities. I think there was so much like my body has obviously carried so much trauma. There was such an attempt to Mm -hmm. escape from my body. And there was also a sense in which faith crises were like tied up in my body. And Uh so I found that the more that I can like get in my body and delight in my body and whether that's like, with food or mm-hmm. with, you know, walking and paying attention yeah. to my surroundings, or I'm working in a restaurant right now. Yeah. Um, at, in New York, cause I've recently moved and like, it's kind of nice to just be like physically present and not have mm-hmm. a phone and not, mm-hmm. and just be thinking about like the ingredients and in the food and yeah. delivering it from here to the, these people. And like, it's just, I find that it also really helps like anxiety and existential crises and faith Mm -hmm. crises and all, all kinds of things like that, because all of that is happening. Like all of life is happening right here. Like Mm -hmm. in this moment Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. our bodies and our physical spaces, nothing is happening in the future. The past is like behind (laughs) us. Right. If God is, you know, like God is here or Mm -hmm. love is here or anxiety is here. Like it's all here. And being able to just really, um, get down into like if joy is ever happening ever going to happen it's Mm -hmm. it's possible for me right now and if peace is ever going to happen Mm -hmm. it's possible for me right now and it's really it's really helped me a lot and this um both in healing from sort of like past trauma and also in just living like you said with anxiety. I don't know anybody who doesn't have anxiety. I don't yeah. know how anyone can be a living, human breathing human <laughs> in the world and not have anxiety. But it helps a lot with all these things. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Gardening, absolutely.
1: I and it's love the it. Of, I think it's the it's one of the things that it's so funny. It's like this is the kind of stuff that I talk with clients all the time. And it's the stuff I have to remind myself the most, mm. which is the moment that I kind of want to shift more into my body. The part of me that is anxious is going to say, "Uh oh, don't do that! Like, there's risk there. Like, that's mm. not, it's that's not okay." Mm. Um, and just to be able to, rather than hate that part of me, say, "You know what? I hear you, and like, it's okay. Like, I'm here. I'm okay. I'm here." Mm. Um, it's, it takes a lot of practice, um, and so I just, I that's that's my biggest practice right now is just reminding myself, "I'm here." I'm I okay. love that. You're okay. Pine's really good at reminding me
0: that too. Oh, and like you comfort your little inner child as you like yes. get on it. That's great. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking of embodiment, can you tell us a little bit about Sweet Lorraine?
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. This is well, this is exciting and also embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> um, <Aww. laughs> embarrassing in the sense that so um, my wife and I decided we, we got really excited about um, this. Uh, trailer that uh it was in utah we were like we're gonna get this it happened really fast and it's been sitting in our yard since then (laughs) well of course yeah so so sweet lorraine is um uh she's um she was born in 1973 oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) and she is 1973 inside and out (laughs) Uh, so we have a lot of work ahead of us um And I, this is a project. I I have a little part of me that gets excited about projects and then uh, takes a while to engage with said projects. Um, so the hope is that she's up and running and, um, we can get the dogs inside and, um, we really like hiking and, and traveling and, and just seeing, seeing nature. And so the plan is to, once that happens, maybe in the next couple of years, um, do a little bit of road tripping around the southeast. Maybe we'll go further than that. I don't know. We'll see. She's old, but I think, cute. I think she's strong.
0: Cute, cute, cute. Yeah. Do you know how to fix up trailers? Or <laughs> are y'all going to like?
1: Uh, so <laughs> I don't, and I'm going to do some research. Um, mm. uh, my wife is kind of brilliant at learning from YouTube. Um, so she has, she has done a lot of construction in her house and she's helping do do some construction with my new office and I will probably be relying on her a good bit. And I know she's listening to this. Um, (laughs) And at the same time, I am going to see if I can get my hands a little bit dirty and figure it out. And, and, you know, this is again, it's like play. What's the worst? Yeah. (gasps) Yeah.
0: I'm so inspired by this play and like embodiment and play is going to save us all. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. So one more question and then I will let you go on with your day. Um, What would you say to people who really know they need the support of a therapist but Mm. can't afford it?
1: Yeah. So I have been... This is something that I feel really strongly about. Um, I know there are a lot of therapists, um, therapists that are that I know personally, um, as well as have heard that that do offer uh, sliding scale. That's something that is a priority for me. Um, I also know people who, even with a sliding scale, it's difficult. Um, there is one. Um, there's one place. On I was actually I wanted to pull this link up to share um, that as an organization I've connected with, uh, because they help um, find sliding scale therapists, which Mm -hmm. makes it easier. uh, Because um, I know that even, you know, if I was looking for a new therapist, trying to figure out where I'd be going and who I'd be seeing and all of that, uh, it just can take a while. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's an organization called the Open Path, psychotherapy collective
0: open path
1: mm-hmm. and they uh they offer sliding scale um and it's normally between like 30 and 60 dollars awesome for um, session which uh i know is still i mean it's still an investment and and i always tell people that um if if it's something that you can say, hey, what would it be like to treat this like anything else that I find valuable, whether it's, you know, eating out every once in a while or going to a movie or um, what if what if you prioritized yourself that, mm. that same way? Um, but but Open Path is great because um, they have therapists who've sort of bought into their model and then you can you can go and you can look and then you can contact the therapist and. Uh, and And hopefully find a good connection.
0: This looks awesome. I just pulled it up and it's yeah. like just type in your little zip code and you're right between thirty and eighty dollars for or yep. thirty and sixty um, and thirty and eighty for couples and family sessions. What mm-hmm. a valuable resource. I'll share mm-hmm. that in online along with this conversation. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Uh, so before I let you go, I would love to hear one tiny delight that you would recommend. Mm-hmm. What's something that you are doing recently or have coming across recently that you would recommend that you're just like, this is just a tiny delight in my days.
1: Um, so one tiny delight in my day right now, typically flowers bloom in the spring. I mean, in most places, maybe not all places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and there, there are some that bloom in the fall and winter, um, and so i've been just keeping my eyes open <laughs> for like oh. these like little little nuggets of um i mean even if they're like little tiny flowers but there's uh there's a tree particularly um that i see around a lot in atlanta um it's called the tea olive tree and so mm. my little tiny delight is whenever i see one i will intentionally walk away from even if i'm something else some the direction i need to go i will change my path so i can walk past it because it like the waft of this like mo- like Ugh. beautiful like sweet smelling um flower just like makes my day so much better
0: <laughs> adorable i love it <laughs> i i love that so much that's way better than my attachment to tiny flower tiny delight flowers um I was recently when I was in DC, yeah. I lived close to Trader Joe's and they would oh, have gosh, yes. they would have like tiny bouquets of flowers for three ninety nine and I would get them every single week and, and also, put them in the little mason jar and I was just like this is just such a little delight in my life. Um that's beautiful. I know Trader
1: Joe's has great flowers. They, they do. Are, yeah.
0: Yeah. The Adorable. I love it. Nia, you are such a light. You're such um you just you just radiate a sense of like peace and joy and welcome and warmth. And I'm really thankful to get to talk to you today. And I'm just thankful for your presence in this world. Truly.
1: Well, thanks, Julie. It's been an honor. And I've enjoyed talking to you so much. It's good to to chat again.
0: All right. Well, cheers. Happy Friday.
1: Happy Friday.
0: Bye, Bye, y'all.